Hey guys, I just want to take a moment to thank today's sponsor. Sponsor for today's episode is Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. First of all, it's free, and there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. That's where this podcast was made, and maybe that'll be where your podcast will be made. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Welcome to today's live. I am your host, Michael Aceta. This episode, we're talking about how you can end so many problem behaviors with just this. This simple little toy, this Kong, this wonderful tool that trainers have been using for years. And owners seem to just be finding out about, or they've had it and it's just been sitting there and their dog doesn't interact with it. So we're going to learn how to use this effectively to the point where we can solve some problem behaviors. Now, if you're dealing with problem behaviors already, make sure that you check out the free PDF guide in the description. It goes over how to solve problem behaviors. It's a nice short little read, but it will give you all the information that you need to get on track. I'm your host, Michael Aceta. I've been training dogs for nearly 10 years. I'm the author of the Dog Training Cheat Codes. I'm the host of the Acknowledged Dogs podcast and the founder of Matador Canine Brilliance. Thank you for being here. Thank you for learning and educating yourself on how to improve your life with your dog. We're going to jump right into it today, okay? You can use the Kong to feed your dog. I know that sounds very, very simple. Oh, yeah, I can feed my dog through the Kong. You absolutely can. This giant Kong, I don't know what the exact measurement is, but for my dogs, it's about a a cup of food in the morning. And I'll take this, I scoop out their food with it, and then I give them the Kong. Now, I'm using kibble, but you could absolutely put raw food in there, although you're probably going to have to get really good at cleaning it. But I'll put kibble in here. I'll put treats in here. I'll put kibble, mushed up kibble, right? So I get the uh, bowl. I put the kibble in, put hot water in. Now I can take that and I can spoon it in, and then I could freeze this. And tomorrow morning, I could take it out, give it to my dog, and now they have something to occupy themselves with. So what does this do? Why would would I opt for feeding them out of this when I could do training with them, right? I could train with the food, or I could just put it in their food bowl or just pour it on the floor in some cases. Those all have different effects on the dog. So right, the the easiest or the laziest, I'm going to say, the laziest way to feed your dog would be to just put the food in the food bowl, have your dog kind of go about it as they want. And if you have a structured schedule, which you should, they got five to 10 minutes to eat. If they don't eat it, we're going to pick the food bowl up. Right? Some people like to do free feeding. I don't think it's very productive. Now that's the laziest way to feed your dog. Breakfast and dinner. If you're doing breakfast, lunch, and dinner because they're younger, still the laziest way to do it. This is how a lot of puppies eat. Puppies eat by just getting the food in the morning, getting the food in the afternoon, getting the food at night, putting it into their bowl or a bigger bowl if you got multiple puppies. But it doesn't teach the puppy to do anything. Now, if you could take it one step further, oh, I want to teach my dog to do things. And the only free time out of my day, because I go to work or I have school, or I have extra career activities or I got kids or I want to do my hobbies or I want to sit and relax and I don't want to train my dog or it's raining outside, all these excuses, that's fine. You can have them. I'm going to give you those excuses. I'm going to give you the out right now. Okay, you can have them. Breakfast and dinner, you still have to feed your dog. So you might as well put in some training. Take the five minutes to feed them, right? Owners are spending hours cooking for their dog. Cut it down. Use the kibble. If you're already using kibble, you're just one step ahead. Train your dog in the morning and at night. 
If you're going to do lunch, okay, now you get three instead of two. Train your dog. Teach them all the skills you want them to know in life so that they can better coexist with you and they can serve you as opposed to you constantly serving them. Now, again, if you don't have any of that, for whatever reason, I'm going to give you more excuses. I can't train my dog. I don't have time. Boom. This is what you need. You're going to use this. Why are we going to use this? Because with the food in there, right, with the food in and our dog having to struggle to get it out, we're going to burn mental and physical energy. We're going to burn those things by letting them have it. So it, it gives them something to do, right? Trying to get something out, right? Trying to get their tongue in to get all the food out, rolling it around all over the floor is going to burn a little bit of physical and a little bit of mental energy. If you do that every single day, your dog starts to get used to, okay, I have my little puzzle in the morning, right? This is a puzzle. It's not a very complicated puzzle, but it's a puzzle still. It's a little bit of puzzle. I get my puzzle done and now I can relax, right? You can get bigger ones. You can get ones that are more complex. You can get ones that are upright and the hole is actually on the side instead of at the bottom and the top, right? It's on the side. And so when they roll it, it'll come out instead of coming out when they go like that. So doing those different exercises, not just using one Kong, but you can get a whole bunch of them. I like, I just, I just use these. I have three or four of these and I rotate through them. This one's a little dirty. You can see this is the outside one, but I use this every single morning that I don't have time to train. Let's say I'm going to be going somewhere and I got to, you know, well, woke up late. I have this in the fridge. I pull it out, boom, give it to my dog. Now I can really focus on the other things I got to do. When my dog is done, I can take it, throw it in the sink, rinse it quickly, put it in the drain board. And now we can go about our day. We can, we can get the dogs in the car and we can go. They had their breakfast. They had their mental stimulation. They had their physical stimulation. And now we can go. Yes, I would love to train my dog every morning, but I understand that things happen, right? You're running out of time. I got a two-year-old. I got two dogs, a cat. I got myself to take care of. If you got to get going in the morning, feed them with the Kong and then move on. Now, step number two or, or advice number two or the second thing you can do to solve behavior problems. By the way, I didn't mention the first one, right? You can solve the behavior problem because they're getting that enrichment, right? They're, they're, they're getting that initial excitement for the day done with early in the morning. So they're not as adept to destroying your house or constantly looking for something, right? It also takes a little bit longer to go through breakfast and dinner. So they get a little more tired and then they want to go drink water and then they lay down and, and they're much more at peace because they've had one of their essential needs met, which is that enrichment. Okay. So the second thing that we need to do in order to fix problem behaviors is start using this as a reward. Now you can use it in a food sense, but you can also use it as a toy. The third step in teaching any behavior is the speed and motivation of that behavior. I talk about this in my six fluencies of behavior. But the speed and motivation comes from using toys, using things that are way more exciting than just a treat or just praise. We got to make it bigger. So if I've taught my dog the first two steps, they're good at it. They, they have the precision down, the precision, <laughs> the precision down, and they can respond on cues. I have the latency down, right? I got those two aspects. Now I got to work on the speed and motivation of it. The speed and motivation comes from using the toy, using something at high value. So I can use a Kong to do that. Whether I attach it to a, a string and I have a, 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 a whipping toy where I can you know, whip and throw it, not whip my dog with, that's not the right term, but I can swing it and I can throw it like a fetch or I can play tug with it. 
right? Or I can attach it to something and have my dog go play tug with the thing, whatever it is. I can have a bungee and then they can come back. I can do indirect rewarding that way as well. Or you put food in here. I put food in here and I can do a whole bunch of behaviors, right? We talk about different reward schedules. So you could do multiple behaviors and then give them a jackpot at the end. That would be great for breakfast and dinner, incorporating our first key aspect and our second key aspect. But dogs that love these, right? And you can even build up, oh, my dog's not food motivated. I'm sorry, my dog's not toy motivated. My dog is food motivated. Great, use this. Get them so interested in this, they love seeing it. And now you can use it as a toy because they think it's associated with food. They've associated the strong association of, oh, this is packed with good food and I love it and I get all of my reinforcement from it mentally and physically. I love this thing. I love it. And now we can start using it as a toy. Absolutely wonderful, wonderful tool. Now the third one, the third one is going to take you the longest amount of time to do. It's going to be using this as a way to teach your dog to occupy themselves. You've rewarded the good behavior. We've burned a little bit of mental and physical energy so that they're not looking for problems throughout the day. What happens if you're in a Zoom meeting, you're watching YouTube, you want to sit and relax and watch something, and your dog is pestering you, asking for attention. They want to go outside. They want to do this. They want to do that. Wouldn't it be better? Wouldn't it be easier if they just found a Kong, went over, and chewed on it? They could chew on this, right? My dog's like, oh, jeez. <laughs> Oh, God, <laughs> I broke my mouse. Um, <laughs> my dogs aren't chewers. They don't, they don't want to chew on this as much, but you could teach a dog how to chew on it. My dogs like chomp on it a little bit, and then they kind of hold it in their mouth. They don't, they don't chew on it or try to destroy it or rip it. My first dog did. She was a master of destroying these kinds of things. So you can teach them. You can reward them for chewing on it more and finding something to do if there is nothing to do. You want to sit down and watch Netflix, right? You want to sit down and, and do something, read a book. You're doing the same thing that they should be doing. My two-year-old son, he has toys to play with. He has a way of occupying himself while I'm working or I'm doing something else. We want our dogs to learn how to do the exact same thing. And we kind of expect them to do it on their own when it's just not going to happen. You have to teach them. So have a whole bunch of these out. Sometimes put treats in them, sometimes hide them. And your dog will eventually find them engage with them and start chewing on them and interacting with them. And then you could go over and give them more treats. And what do they learn? Oh, if I find one of these, I should sit down and chew on it. And eventually mom or dad is going to come over and give me more. They could give me another con, right? A frozen one that's filled to the brim with peanut butter and delicious treats and mushed up kibble. Oh, they're going to give you the best one in the world. I love it so much. So they're going to keep doing that. That's kind of what you want. You want your dog to be obsessed with this thing to the point where when you're doing something, they can find something else to do for themselves. They're not constantly asking you to do something. They're not trying to engage with you all of the time. We do want them to engage when we were doing the training and we need their attention. But if you want to sit down and relax and watch a movie, they shouldn't be pestering you. Yeah, they could lay down with you and chew on this. That would be great. But puppies who learn how to do this barely have any behavioral problems. They are getting out that, oh, I got to do something, right? That, that stress, that anxiety, whatever it is, that overexcitement, that need to do something, they're getting that out onto the toy and we're rewarding them for doing so. Now, 
I'm going to take a side note here, a little, a little, a third piece or fourth piece, rather fourth piece, right? The third, the three pieces feed from it, use it as a reward, and then teach your dog how to occupy themselves with it. Those three pieces go really, really well together. But if you're going to use this in training and you're serious about training and you want your dog to become obsessed with this, absolutely obsessed with this Kong, what you should do is have one that's casual and one that is very specific. Okay. One that's casual, one that's specific. I would have them different colors, different sizes. You could have different smells associated with it. Why do I want to do this? When we're working with dogs that we want to be very motivated and laser focused, have all their attention onto us when we're doing training, we need a magnet, something that's going to keep that attention and focus. If it's something they get all the time, it's the same Kong. I see it every day. I see it multiple times a day. They're not going to become more possessive about it. They're actually going to get bored of it. They're going to be like, okay, whatever. This is why I said you should have different Kongs in general, right? Ones with the hole on the side, ones that are more puzzly, ones that are open in different shapes, those kinds of things. But if you want your dog to really love it for training and you're going to use it as their magnet, that should be the only time they use it. Interacting with you should be the only time they use that specific Kong that smells that way, that looks that way, that has that color, whatever it is. If it's going to be on a rope, that's sometimes enough of a distinction. And that would be fine. But I've seen people cut these in half. They'll cut the um, the the larger bulb section off and they'll make it smaller and smaller if they're trying to do detection work. So they'll actually make the dog search for the Kong and then they get rewarded with the Kong at the end. But we want to build up this certain level of attention and obsession with the Kong. If they're not obsessed, then we're not going to have that level of speed and motivation that we want when it comes to really important, complex behaviors. You want your dog absolutely obsessed with this thing. That should be their highest valued reward. If they're not obsessed with it, we can kind of create that by keeping it away from them, withholding that reward until we get that obsession. And then we throw the reward in and they go, ooh, all I had to do was be obsessed and think about it long enough. And then I get it. So if you're serious about that, make sure you don't leave these out all the time or have specific ones for leaving out and ones for training. Now, if you are serious about training, you should also be taking training notes. So I want to give you another free gift. Despise, despise, <laughs> besides the free gift in the description about solving problem behaviors, there's going to be another link down there where you can download the training template that I use in every single training session. And it helps make sure that everything is nice and organized, make sure that everything is structured and I know where I'm going, where I've been and primes me for the next training session. Okay. So make sure you take advantage of that. Click the link in the description. And we've gone over four kind of key aspects today on solving problem behaviors by using the Kong. And I want to quickly recap them. Number one, feed your dog through the Kong, burn their mental and physical energy. Number two, use it as a reward. Actually teach your dog like we would do with anything else. Teach them how to appropriately behave in the environment that you exist in. Number three, teach them to occupy themselves with it. If you're doing something, you're busy. They should also be busy doing something. And number four, keep it isolated. Keep it protected. This should be very valuable to your dog. Don't just let it lay around all the time, especially if you're focused on some complex behaviors with your dog and you're trying to maybe do competition or bite work and you need them 100% obsessed with the toy. 
Thank you guys for listening. If you have questions or other topics that you'd like me to discuss on the show, make sure you leave them in the comments or direct us or <laughs> direct message me on social media and I'll get to them as soon as I can. Thanks you guys for listening and I'll see you next time.